Hi, welcome to Not Another Marketing Podcast, where I'm talking to former Googler Fred Valleys, who's the CEO of Optimizer, who have created some amazing pay-per-click management software. So this week, we're talking about if we can trust AI, artificial intelligence, with our pay-per-click budget. Thanks for downloading. AI is all over the pay-per-click world. It's kind of bidding for us, it's building audiences, and some folks even try and get it to write our ad copy. What? Yeah, they do. Uh, But can we trust AI with our pay-per-click budget? Now, in this episode, I'm chatting to former Googler Fred Valleys, who's now the CEO of Optimizer, who kind of helped marketers make sense of their pay-per-click campaigns. They speed things up and hopefully get better results. Uh, Fred has a huge amount of experience within the pay-per-click world, and he runs the Pay-Per-Click Town Hall, which is a live video podcast that kind of helps paid search professionals with the latest insights about search channels, marketing tools, all that sort of thing. You can check out a link for the town hall in the show notes. You can find Fred on the Optimizer website, also on LinkedIn as well, and Twitter. Again, links in the show notes. Can I quickly mention that Not Another Marketing Podcast is ad-free. I'd love it if you could give the pod a quick shout on social media and subscribe on your favourite podcast app. You can find more episodes at jtid.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Right, let's get on with it. Uh, The first thing I asked Fred was how AI, artificial intelligence, is being used right now within the pay-per-click marketing world. Yeah, so automation and machine learning has been around for quite a long time. Um, So when I was at Google, God, it was like... 20 years ago now, but mm. we were building the quality score system. Right. And that was a system that was using the wisdom of the crowds to predict which ads would get clicked on. Um, and it was really the first instance of machine learning, I think, in the PPC industry. Um, so we've been using it for a long time. That's a, an interesting point that people really should remember. Because sometimes when you hear, oh, AI is driving a lot of change in PPC, it's like it feels like this new thing. But actually, it's really old. It's been doing stuff in your accounts for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but the more visible aspects, I think, really have to do with automated bidding. And that mostly takes the form of smart bidding, as Google calls it. Um, and then nowadays, the, the hot topic for everyone, performance max campaigns. That's a fully yeah. automated campaign type that's really driven by AI. Explain kind of what the difference between AI and machine learning is. Is there a difference or is it just other buzzwords for the same thing, really? Yeah, I mean, they're buzzwords, right? So really the easiest way to think about all of this, I would say, is their statistics, right? The statistics that we all sort of uh, probably failed at in college because statistics are quite difficult. Yep. But there's this new level of sophistication in statistics, which uh, goes into machine learning, where it's a a little bit harder for humans to see the patterns. But the machine is quite good at it, right? The machine is very powerful and it has all of these new techniques. Uh, And so machine learning is a subset of AI. um, And it's really when we talk about what's happening as far as automation in PPC, it's, it's mostly driven by machine learning systems, which are advanced statistical systems. Um, that's that's probably the cleanest way to think of it. Yeah, so, so it's basically crunching numbers really quickly. It's crunching numbers and finding patterns in the data yeah. and using novel approaches um, to, to do these types of things. And again, thinking back to the story when I was at Google, right, we, uh, we met with this really large client 
a big advertiser. Yeah. And they had a team of 10, 20 people who were in charge of statistics and trying to predict where to allocate budgets and how yeah. to set bids. And, and so what we said at Google was, well, actually using a lot of this machine learning and this new automation that we have, we can do the same thing, but we can try 20 different statistical models in a fraction of the time that this other team could manually do it. Because when you, when you look at it, every st statistician tends to be really good at, you know, a handful of statistical methods. And each of these statistical methods is very time consuming to come to a conclusion. Um, and then you open up this whole new world of machine learning and then and the computers are so much faster at it. They can try so many different uh, mm. variations of models. And then they can say, okay, well, listen, these 15 models, these 15 methods of, of finding or predicting an answer just aren't working well. We don't see high correlation. We don't see statistical significance. Yet here's this one way of doing it uh, that seems to have good results. So maybe that's the one we'll apply to this particular business problem that you have, which might be to do with budgets. But then you have a different business problem, which is to do with bids. And you'll run that whole new discovery again. And you'll say, oh, well, for this problem, it's actually a different method that works really well. And that was really difficult for humans to do in the past. But now machines have gotten so good at it that we, we were just at a whole new level of sophistication in, uh, in PPC. Yeah, I think the big question, which a lot of folks, I suppose they think about, maybe they don't ask, but they think about is, can we trust the AI with our budget? Because we're, we're given, given a credit card and we're saying, go, <laughs> go for it. Yeah, um, we can trust it, yeah. right? The, the AI that's built by Google is intended to do good things for advertisers. Right. Right. And it's uh, we, we kind of have to keep perspective because sometimes we say, well, it's intended to do good things for Google. Hmm. Uh, and if you take a very short term outlook on that, well, sure, Google could make a lot of money by telling its AI to just take as much money as possible from all advertisers. Yeah. But the reality is they wouldn't be back the next quarter if the results weren't good. Right. So it's this balancing act. And Google, by and large, is really trying to give advertisers good results which is going to keep them coming back and investing more in the future in ads. Yeah, you see, that's that's where the cynic in me ends yeah. up coming out there because at the end of the day, Google and Microsoft and Facebook and all of them, they're all sort of like public companies. They, they have to, by law, serve their shareholders. Yeah. Um, they, they, they can't not. So even if it was just the – and on the scale they're doing it at, even if it's just the tiniest little tweak that – all us with our thousands of dollars, pounds yeah. worth of budget wouldn't even notice. That could be churning out billions more in the back end. Am I right? Am I, am I just being cynical? No, I mean, you're right to be cynical and, and ask the right questions. Mm. But I think we also have to look at these companies when they are beholden to their shareholders. Mm. You can take the quarter by quarter view or you can take the long term view. And that's oftentimes where the leadership of those companies is so important, right? Like you yeah. have to balance that long-term uh, with the short-term. Now you're also right though that, you, you know, you have this whole artificial intelligence system that's setting bids and that's operating uh, to, to, to set bids for thousands of advertisers. One of the safeguards that we have is that these bids ultimately go into an auction and the sure. price that you pay in the auction is still determined by how much these other advertisers are bidding. Right now, obviously, Google 
gets them out to bid more money. So that makes the auction more competitive. It increases yeah. the auction pressure. So that does make more money for Google. And then there's also the fact that Google does control minimums. So if you go to an auction to buy a Vincent van Gogh painting, right? It's not straight up the auction. There's also a minimum that's been imposed by the person who owned that painting before. And so that's happening with Google's auctions as well. They set minimums. They have certain controls over how that auction works. Um, and so that's where they can eke out a little bit more money by yeah. maybe saying, okay, the, the threshold needs to be higher. And that threshold, oftentimes they've talked about that in terms of the, the paid results need to be just as good, if not better, than the organic results. And how you enforce that is by saying, well, there needs to be a certain minimum click-through rate. Sure. And if that click-through rate is not upheld, then you could say, well, the organic results were better. So either we don't show the ad or you as the advertiser, you get to say, well, actually, I'll just put a little bit more money towards it because money is the other half of the equation in the ad rank. And so it's these little tricks that does, do help Google make more money um, and where it's fair to be cynical. But by and large, I mean, we do have a lot of protections as well, I think. Yeah. Um, my final little bit of cynicism, I think, is okay. is I, I would imagine that, that the market at the moment, the PPC world at the moment, is quite competitive. Uh, there's still a lot of growth left. I was talking to somebody on the podcast some, some months ago that said something ridiculous, like I think it was less than 20% of all pharmaceuticals ad spend globally is is done pay-per-click. That 80% is still in traditional media. So, the, so there's still enormous amounts of growth in, in the digital ad world. Um, when that growth starts slowing, when when almost like Facebook and, and, and Google and Microsoft and everybody else kind of like reaches that peak, okay, do you think then we should start worrying about whether the AI is working for us? Yeah, and I think we're actually going to see the peak, not because we've maxed out on how much can be advertised online, mm. but the slowing of growth that's happening right now, you're going to see that in the quarterly results. Right. Um, and that's partly driven by moves towards privacy. So Snap and Facebook are hugely impacted by these things where the third party cookie data, the iOS data is no longer coming through. And so it's harder for these platforms to justify that the money being spent with them is actually leading to great results. It's becoming a bit more of a black box and some of the targeting is not working the way it used to. And so that's causing real problems. When it comes to something like Google, um, this is funny, but we're going back to keywords are kind of crucial, yeah. right? And yeah, for yeah. a long time, people are like, keywords don't matter. It's all about yeah. the audience. Yeah. Well, look now, now that you don't know the audience anymore, what do we have left? Keywords. Yeah. And that's still the expression of intent. That's like the best way to know what the customer wants. And so that's still running. But uh, because of the, the economy, we are seeing a, a slowing of the growth. Uh, personally, I'm not too worried about the AI doing sketchy things because and we can sure. talk about exactly what the AI is doing, right? But yeah. it's still being tasked with finding me more of what I want at the price that I'm willing to pay for it. Um, by and large, it's able to do that. If the amount of data that, that, that we're collecting is, is being reduced, because obviously we're, we're going to end up at some point over the next few years, soon, I would imagine, in a third-party, cookie-less world, yeah. um, uh, and they don't exist anymore. So I, I, is the world going to be where we're collecting our own data and then maybe passing it on to folks like Google and Facebook? 
Absolutely. I mean, and that's one of the biggest things right now in PPC is you have to have a first party data strategy. Yeah. And you have to know how to activate your first party data. And that may sound complicated, but but at the end of the day, it's, you know, people have already interacted with your business. You need to do something with that data. You need to build your own audience lists. You need to re-engage with those consumers. We, we've all been a little bit lazy in a way because it's been so easy and so yeah. cheap to get this third-party data yeah. from the big ad engines. Uh, now we have to do a little bit more work, but actually it's, it's a really good thing, right? Because that first-party data is actually, it's better data. It's people who've already engaged with your business um, and, and you can certainly grow from that as well. Now then there's other ways of finding, you know, how do you produce great content, fantastic content that drives people to your website. And once they come to your website, you can put a first party cookie on it, right? That becomes your customer relationship. And from that point, you get to grow. It's just you can't do all of this uh, sketchy mm. stuff anymore where you're going through somebody else's data and yeah. saying, oh, I find the customers that are similar to that. That's going to become harder. And is the machine learning algorithms, are they going to be working on our own data, kind of like on behalf of us, do you think? Yeah, and that depends how big your company is. So machine sure. learning does tend to need quite a bit of data to do an amazing job. Uh, but yeah, so we have some clients through Optimizer that have big enough data sets that, you know, we can run machine learning on that data, do some interesting stuff with it. The other thing I would say is machine learning is not the silver bullet to all problems. Sure. Um, and like you said, it's a bit of a buzzword, right? But, but there's also this funny saying that, or, or like, hey, we're Optimizer, we run on electricity. Yes. And it's it, exactly right. Everybody has electricity. It's not that yeah. big of a deal. And nowadays, everyone has some AI, some machine learning. But what you have to keep in mind is you don't need to do these complicated machine learning things to still see success. I mean, if you have first party data and you just have simple rules, okay, if, if a user has bought five times from me in the past, yeah, I don't need machine learning to tell me that that's a repeat customer who's probably more likely to buy something from me again. Yeah. Um, and I should do something different with that than someone who's a first time buyer or someone who bought something and then returned 70% of that. Let's talk a little bit about experimentation because, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of the machine learning, the AI, all of the, the calculations are being done on, on kind of like uh, historic data, stuff that's happened in the past. So is there a lot of experimentation going on? Is the artificial intelligence, the machine learning, is it running campaigns experimenting uh, at what works and what doesn't work? Yeah, that's a really good question. And this is a little bit of the, the closed loop problem that you will see. Hmm. So because the machine learning looks at the historical data and it tries to find patterns from that historical data to make predictions about the future. And so one great example of this in Google, if you set up a responsive search ad, the system will tell you right as you put in the, the fragments and the assets, the headlines, the descriptions of the ad, it will say, oh, this is a really poor ad. It's not good. We don't think it's going to be good. And it's making that decision purely based off of what it's seen in the history of all other advertisers. But it's not looking for the new stuff, right? And now right. if you're Nike and you come up with this amazing slogan, which is just do it, 
yeah. and you say that nobody had heard this before and you put this into the machine learning system, yeah. they would probably say that's a really horrible idea <laughs> to run with this sort of a slogan. Like yeah. we've, we haven't seen this, so we think it's going to do poorly. Yeah. Well, okay, but you have to test it. And that's the whole point that I think you're getting at is humans are creative, humans try new things, and those new things can sort of break the box of the, the, the data that the machine previously had. It can break it open and like open up this new world for you. And that's a really important thing that we bring is don't just listen to the machines and their predictions, but if you fundamentally as a human think this is the right thing to do because the world is constantly evolving, mm. right? What worked last year may be very different from what's gonna work this year. So be willing to take a risk if you think, uh, if you've really thought about it and you think it's the right thing to do. Um, where do you kind of see the future? Because I've got this kind of like utopian sort of image of, of us like just throwing loads of our images and our branding and our slogans and our ad copy and not even our ad copy. Let's mm. let, let it write the ad copy itself. And we give it a budget and basically you've got artificial intelligence creating adverts with images and with text and all these things and call to actions and that, creating it on the fly at an incredibly fast speed. Are we there yet? No, but we're a whole lot closer than uh, I would have thought five years ago. And I guess if you give enough monkeys typewriters, eventually they'll write a Shakespeare novel. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and so we're much, much further along. And now we have the Dolly system and we have GPT-3 from OpenAI, which yeah. is writing a lot of... Um, it's writing text. It's actually quite good at it. Yeah. One thing to keep in mind, though, and this goes back to your question about experimentation, is the machine needs to learn what's going to work for you as an advertiser. And that often takes wasted money in terms of yeah. initial experiments. Where you as a human, you could have said, well, we've tried this before, or this is the wrong messaging because I understand my business. I understand my consumer. You as the machine, the machine learning system, the only way that you find that out is by looking at the, the numbers that result from the experiment. But, but the machine is very bad at saying, why are those numbers bad? It just knows the numbers are bad, so try something else. Um, and a classic example here that I think is really going to strike home at PPC people, but if you set up a campaign on automated bidding, and your landing page is broken all of a sudden, so you, you change your landing page, you put up a new design, and the conversion rate is horrible because it was just a really bad new landing mm -hmm. page. Well, the machine learning that's in charge of bidding is going to say, oh, conversion rate is down. So what am I supposed to do to hit your cost per acquisition target? I should reduce my bids. Yeah. So it reduces the bids. But that's the wrong thing, right? The machine yeah, didn't yeah. know why the conversion rate dropped. And the right solution would have been to fix the landing page, not reduce the bids. Um, and that's a little bit the problem that we see is, is the machines don't connect the dots like we humans do. And so I think that's where for a long time, we're still gonna be able to point machines in the right direction, uh, prevent them from wasting some money in initial experimentation, and also contextualize everything in terms of like, what does the world look like this year? I mean, <laughs> the last couple yeah. of years, we're talking about it before, right? But like the temperatures in the UK right now are crazy. Yeah. Uh, Lake Mead in California is dry. The inflation is high. Yeah. Uh, COVID is still, in all sorts of shapes and forms. And it's like all of these things just change how we have to think about the world, what resonates with consumers. 
And machines, honestly, are not quite that good at it yet. No, because they're not sentient yet, are they? Apparently, allegedly. <laughs> well, again, that, that, that's another topic for discussion. I know a Google engineer was recently fired for believing so, they were. So uh, d- yes. don't call it sentient. Don't call it sentient. <laughs> but, but it's funny because the machine convinced a human that it was sentient. And if yeah. you look at the Turing test, yeah. uh, so the Turing test, can a machine uh, make a human believe that it is not a machine? Uh, yeah, that, that standard has long been passed uh, because machines also, they know what humans tend to respond to and what might trick us into believing that the machine has feelings, is sentient. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's you see, that's when I get excited about AI because I was brought up on like late seventies uh-huh. and eighties sci-fi, so that that's exciting. Uh, let me talk a little bit about expectations very quickly because you mentioned a lot about wasting the budget to find out what works. That, in a way, I suppose, in the whole advertising world for decades has always been the same. You put an advert in a national newspaper, not everybody is going to buy from you, and it's the same with with pay-per-click isn't it you you pay for every every click but not everybody's gonna buy do you think our expectations think that everybody should be a leader they should buy every click no and i mean i don't think we can have that sort of an expectation but but the thing the beauty of digital is that at least we can measure the click we can now look at what did that person who did the click how did they behave on the website did they get stuck somewhere so maybe they, they really tried to to buy and I had an experience with this yesterday, right? I mean, I, we've all had this personally, but I see an ad on Google um, and it promises free shipping. And I'm like, great, I'm going to go yeah. to that site. But then I get to the site and it's like, ah, I can't quite figure out how to get to free shipping yeah. or the offer is not reflected again. So, you know, I could either dig into the website and try to figure out how to get that free shipping. Or the easier thing is I use the back button. I come back and I just go to Amazon because I've got a prime account and I know how the, the free shipping works. Yeah. So, uh, so the bar's quite high, right? We have to, as advertisers, really make sure that all those dots are connected. Sure. And how does kind of like uh, Optimizer fit into all of this? Yeah, so at Optimizer, we're a PPC management software suite and we started 10 years ago. So 10 years ago, things were far more manual. Yeah. So we took a look at what are the most time intensive strategies that advertisers want to deploy but they might just not be able to because it's it's just taking too much time so sure. we we made those things easy nowadays we think much more about the world of automation the world of ai machine learning and how do we still help you perform better when you're using smart bidding from google when you have performance max campaigns mm. and the reality is there are still a lot of things that you as an advertiser can do to influence the outcomes. Uh, and there's this great study that was done by Google and Boston Consulting Group. And they looked at what would happen if advertisers put in place advanced automation tools. And they saw that generally they had 20% better results. Right. But what would happen if they also put humans together with those advanced automations? And the results were another 15, 1-5% better. Right. And so that's kind of the point here, right? Is we're looking at a an industry that's hundreds of billions of dollars being spent on search advertising. And there's studies out there that say that your human intelligence can make the machines 15% better. And that's billions upon billions of dollars of value that we bring. Uh, And so we're putting in place the tools to let humans kind of make those decisions and then push that back into Google so that the Google machine 
gets your human intelligence and gets that 15% better. Yeah, so humans are not redundant just yet. We're still okay for now. We're still all. okay for now. <laughs> I, 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 again, I have this utopia of just sitting on a beach and letting the computer do it for me, but we're not there yet, are we? Depends what country you want to be on the beach on. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true, yeah. Um, brilliant. Thanks ever so much for your time, Fred. It's been been fascinating having a chat with you. Uh, where can we find Optimizer? Where can we find your website, social media and that? Yeah, Optimizer's got a funny spelling, O-P-T-M-Y-Z-R.com. There's no E in Optimizer. Cool. And you can find me at, uh, at Silicon Valleys. It's uh, Silicon and then my last name, V-A-L-L-A-E-Y-S. And we're also at Optimizer on Twitter. Yeah, you can also connect on LinkedIn, all the usual places, but uh, got a great blog. And then the other thing, I run a PPC town hall. It's uh, right. a live stream that we do every couple of weeks. We talk to some PPC experts. So, um, you know, definitely keep listening to John's show. It's great. But if you need something else, uh, yeah, check yeah, out yeah. pptownhall.com. Fantastic. What I'll do is I'll stick a link in the show notes so everybody can head over to that and, and take a look. Fantastic. Um, Fred, thanks ever so much for your time. Really appreciate it. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, John. Thanks again to Fred for his time. Don't forget to check out the links in the show notes. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe for more on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favourite podcast player. Just search for Not Another Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening.